the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. My guest today is a personal good friend and, and a brilliant person. Her name is Natalie Needham. So uh, first of all, uh, Natalie, welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Thank you so much. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what are you doing now in life? And, and we'll go from there. Okay, sure. Um, so what about myself? Okay, so right now, as you know, I, I'm, I'm a holistic nutritionist. I'm a health coach. I host a podcast that I've had the great pleasure of having you as a guest on. Um, I run a very large Facebook community uh, for biohackers and health enthusiasts. We have a particular focus on um, a particular area, which we'll talk about later, uh, which is peptides. Um, but really my real gist, and maybe because of my age and stage in life, my real focus is on longevity and vitality as we age. And, um, you know, how I started with this, I think is, you know, might be of interest is that when I was studying in university, I was, I was a science student. I was always a geek. I studied human physiology and, um, you know, as a result of some health issues, which I realized in retrospect, I, I kind of, um, my, my path took a different turn and I ended up in the world of advertising and advertising sales for, I don't know what reason, but I spent most of my life in corporate life, but I always kept a, like a finger in the health space because I was always interested in it. And also I was a fitness instructor. So I always kind of had that little piece of, you know, helping people to get healthier and, and, and telling people what to do, which is a trait that runs very strongly in my family. And so, <laughs> so, um, so probably, so it wasn't until much later when I woke up and I think it was, it was it actually was after I'd had my son, which was, both a beautiful and extremely traumatic experience because he was born three months early. He spent three months in the NICU. So we had some very, you know, significant health challenges at that time. And, and I woke up one morning and um, realized that what I was doing wasn't, wasn't doing it for me. And what mm -hmm. I really wanted was to go back to what I used to do. And it was with a conversation with my chiropractor, because of course, I'm always reading books, I'm listening to podcasts and this and that. And I'm, as he's like cracking and snapping and doing all these things to me, I'm like, oh, and you know, I read this and people should be doing this and that. And so he's meanwhile, downloading that information to his client patients. And he came back to me one day and he said, you know, I just told a client like a month ago to do what you told me. And he's lost 10 pounds. You should actually be getting paid to do this. And it's, <laughs> and it was like this little light went off in my head. And I was like, Oh, maybe I could. And within a week, I was registered in a full-time in-class program in Toronto at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition. And that was really the beginning of really this part of my journey. But I would say that where I am today is the result, as much as there's times where I'm like, I'll say, oh, I wish I would have gotten into this, you know, decades yeah. ago. There's a piece of me that says I wouldn't be who I am doing what I'm doing and able to speak to people the way that I do if I didn't have the life experience that I had. So, you know, both yeah. are kind of true. <laughs> so, so first of all, you have a very interesting vantage point, uh, 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 you know, looking at our, at our um, 
community at, at this movement that is called biohacking that you and I even don't like calling it biohacking because it's already limited the community. <laughs> but you have a very interesting vantage point because you did mention the fact that you run in a probably the biggest uh, group on Facebook for, for biohackers and for early adopters of longevity science, let's call it like that. So you have a, an interesting vantage point of seeing those extreme early adopters, those people who are a little bit lagging behind all of their communication, uh, different technologies that, that, that come and go and come and stay. So mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, you've translated that enthusiastic, inquisitive um, little hobby into a, um, into honestly, I don't know if to call it a leadership position because that's something that you wake up and kind of decide, but really a uh, trendsetter, if you would, in our community, both uh, actively and also looking at it from the side. So you're you're just a source of knowledge that I'm trying to figure out how to uh, how to <laughs> ingest. Um, but so so how did you really get to um, to having? To, to leading a community like that? How did you get to have that uh, Facebook group to begin with? Um, you know, well, it was, it was really driven out of self-interest. So, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things my husband will tell you sometimes is that I have shiny object syndrome. I'm always, oh, there's something else. There's another course. There's another book. There's another thing. And in some ways that's true, but what I've actually redefined it out as now is being a lifelong learner. <laughs> Yeah. So I've reframed that maybe not so positive way of looking at things into something that is that I think is true. And I think that, you know, in the biohacking world word, I just want to address, I have a I think many of us have a love-hate relationship with it. And the truth is that if we're willing to redefine biohacking as a just simply an openness of spirit and mind to look at what's available to us, look at ourselves and start to see, start to see what can we do to influence our health and well-being and physiology and performance. That is essentially biohacking. I think if you go back to the roots of the word, it's kind of like bionic man stuff, right? It's implants yeah. and electronics and that kind of stuff. And so it's always retained kind of like that very masculine aggressive vibe. And as a woman, I, I kind of like it because it, it avoids, avoids us kind of moving into the, you know, the too pink kind of world for lack of a better word. I don't know. That's uh -huh. probably, that's probably a silly way to put it, but anyway, so going back to the group, how, you know, going back to my, to the group and the shiny object syndrome, after I became a nutritionist, it was, it took a couple of years before I realized, you know, food's great. And I love food and I'm a foodie. And that's part of the reason why I picked the nutrition path. But there's this other piece that I was missing. And at the time, I was a very big follower of Bulletproof and Dave Asprey. And right at that moment, he announced the very first class of human optimization coaches from, the, from his Bulletproof coach training program, which is now called the human optimization or human potential training group or something like that. Anyway, it has a new name. Uh -huh. um, and I signed up for that. And that is what really set me on this path much more firmly of what we refer to as biohacking. But that also includes 
all the mindset stuff behind wellness, all of the psychology that goes on in our heads that in some cases enables us to move forward. And in many cases with many of my clients, and I'm sure you see this all the time, really stops this them from adopting a lot of the practices that they know they should be doing. This whole cognitive dissonance, the stories we tell ourselves in our head, the beliefs we hold about ourselves. And so that program really kind of set me on this biohacking path. And then I got really interested in genetics. And so I took a big course on genetics and epigenetics and became certified in that. And then I was at a conference and I'm getting to the group. (laughs) And I sat in on a lecture at this conference where the topic was these things called peptides, which I had really never really heard about. I mean, I kind of heard noise about them, but I was like, yeah, whatever, proteins, blah, blah. Uh Anyway, in the course of an hour, I think most of the time my jaw was on the floor. Like I could not believe what I was hearing. And so I come back from the conference and I'm telling my husband, oh my God, there's these things. And he's like, Matt, you don't need another course. You don't need another thing. You have everything that you need. And, and I was, and and I, I was kind of obsessed with them. And then I listened to a podcast with someone who is now a dear friend of mine, Jean-Francois Tremblay, who owns Can Lab Sciences, that is a research lab in Montreal that, that synthesizes peptides. And I reached out to him and that was the end for me. Like that was, that was the beginning of the beginning, really, for my journey into this world. And so what happened was I thought, okay, well, in order to justify this obsession I have with this new thing. I'm going to start a group. I'm going to start this group on Facebook. I'm going to call it, like I came up with the name in two seconds, Biohacking Superhuman Performance, which is a bit of a cheesy name, but you know what? It worked because it just started. And what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about nutrition. We're going to talk about genetics, but we're going to talk about peptides. And that's, and and it just has blossomed from there. And I would say there's other biohacking groups on Facebook that are bigger than mine for sure. But this focus on the peptides is, I think, more unique to this particular community. Like a lot of these people come here because what they're looking, they've heard of peptides somewhere and they're looking for some kind of place where they can get oriented. And you know what, you know what, it, it, your journey to, to the, that you're describing is, is very interesting because it seems to me, if we, if we zoom out, it seems to me like you were into nutrition and then you realize it's not only about the physical nutrition that you eat, it's also about the uh, nutrition that you feed your mind, which is already a cliche. But then you realized that this nutrition that we feed our mind goes all the way down to our how do, what nutrition what what communication we have with our with our biology, with our epigenetics, you know. And from that communication, because really, if we linger a little bit about what peptides are. We, we can assume that most of our audience um, is not only familiar with peptides, is, is also uh, ultra interested in it, but, but to, the, uh, to the people that haven't heard about what peptides are, it's also a form of communication within yes. our body. So you're getting back to how do we communicate with our body? How do we ask it what to do? So how do you view peptides? Because peptides have in the literature there, it's very clear how we define it, but how do you view peptides and what you can do with them? Um, that's a great question. I mean, to me, they're signaling molecules. And I think yeah. that is ultimately what they are, right? So mm-hmm. they are 
They are fragments of proteins that are naturally occurring either in the body or in food. And it depends mm -hmm. on which peptides we're talking about. So the peptides that many people will have heard of, like the BPC-157 now, the thymosin alpha-1, the, um, the GHKCU, which you use in your products, for example, these are very powerful. These are fragments of proteins that are naturally occurring in our bodies and that sends, that, that bind to receptors that send a signal to the cell that initiate a cascade of events. And it mm -hmm. could be healing of tissue. It could be um, helping the, us to make a little bit more growth hormone when we don't make as much as we used to. It could be any number of these processes. We then have another category of peptides that we refer to as bioregulator peptides. And those peptides really came out, have come out of the of 40 years work, like the lifelong work of a man called Vladimir Kavinson, who is in Russia, who has been studying these, these for 40 years. So people will often say, well, there's not enough research. There's not, well, when it comes to bioregulators in particular, there's a ton of research. And those are the tiniest little peptides you can imagine. They're anywhere from two to four amino acids long. They too are signaling molecules, but they're doing their signaling at the, at the, at the genome. They're doing their signaling on DNA and they're targeting DNA specifically in tissues and glands and organs and helping that DNA to unfold and express and produce proteins that can help to rejuvenate said tissue, organ, or um, gland, whatever the case may be, right? So I don't know, does that help? Do, hopefully that helps people to understand. So you've got the one category that is more signaling molecules for processes, if you will, and you have the other category, the bioregulators that are much more implicated in the longevity space and possibly as well healing, but they it's a longer runway with those. So if I just try to kind of delete what I know and try to extract the information from, from what you just said. It seems to me almost like if our body was an orchestra, you know, um, the peptides that you mentioned before, which are more like processes, regulating, processy-based, process-based, they're almost like the notes to each individual, um, you know, violin or whatever, they tell it, you know, what, what you should be doing. And we can put the notes there and have the violin play great music. And then the bioregulators are almost like the conductor, right? They can, they yeah. can, they can kind of affect the entire symphony and make it, you know, maybe a little bit stronger, weaker. This, this part should be playing now and the other. So um, can you give me maybe examples of, uh, I just thought about it. That's uh, a nice so, analogy. I really thank like you, that. Thank you very much. So <laughs> can you, can you tell me, uh, um, Okay, so you did mention something pretty simple, something that most people, or no, I don't know most people, but the, probably the most popular peptide right now, which is called BPC-157, body protective compound yeah. 157, and um, something a little bit more like a bioregulator. So what, what, what okay. how yeah, do we Yeah, that's a that? good, good question. Um, so first of all, I also wanna say, I'm not a medical doctor, I don't, you know, I, I do want to frame that. And I think that particularly people need to get educated about these things and not just run out by them, especially because um, particularly in the case of BPC-157, thymus and alpha-1, all of these signaling molecules, most of them are, bio are, are best used as subcutaneous injections. Mm 
Yeah. And right. And the the race is on for make them orally bioavailable. PPC one five seven is a little bit different because it is orally. You can take it orally, but depending on the reason why you're taking it, sometimes it's more efficient. Well, it's always more efficient to use it as an as a subcutaneous injection, which is really just into the layer under the fat under under the skin and into the layer of fat under the skin, usually the belly, the hip area. But BPC-157, for example, which is a great example, is a fragment of a protein that is naturally occurring in our gastric juice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's the money. It's the one that, that signals. What's amazing about this particular peptide is that it has such wide ranging effects in the body. It can, it is really powerful for healing the lining of the gut, for healing actually anything in the GI tract. And if you consider that the GI tract starts in your mouth and it ends at the point of exit, literally there's research about, you know, about anal fissures in rats that heal when they're given BPC-157 or any kind of injury in the mouth, leaky gut, um, the esophagus, it can help with ulcers, like it can help with all of these things. But on top, if that wasn't enough, which is already pretty body protective, if you think about it, if you consider that health begins in, in the gut, um, it also is amazing for wound healing. It also is amazing. It is very powerful for musculoskeletal healing. So for for sports injuries or mm-hmm. post-surgical, in, like post-surgical wound healing, um, it is protective of the brain. So it can be really useful even to protect the brain from traumatic brain injury. So Mm -hmm. those are studies that they do to these poor, sad little animals in labs, unfortunately. Um, But we know that it now is very protective to the brain. It has benefits for for the the nervous system. Um, I was just reading yesterday, it has benefits for the heart, for the kidney. In animal studies, it will help to normalize blood pressure. And that's really exciting, right? Because when you take a blood pressure medication, and I'm not saying you should throw your blood pressure medication, not at all. But when we take blood pressure medication, it has a a very specific goal. It is either to lower your blood pressure or to raise your blood pressure. When we find things in nature that might be able to normalize blood pressure, it becomes a very different proposition because in a way it may allow the body to Mm self-regulate, right? So BPC-157 also seems to help the body to make more nitric oxide. Nitric oxide we know is a compound that helps to dilate blood vessels and helps us to normalize that blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Well, how amazing is it if we have a compound that actually supports our, our body's ability to make that for itself? So that's BPC-157. I could keep talking about, we could do a whole pod. As a matter of fact, I've recorded an entire podcast just on BPC-157. That's BPC-157. Oh, and the other thing that it does is it upregulates the expression of growth hormone receptors. So imagine that you have a muscle or a tendon injury, and you're also using one of those peptides that might help your brain to make more growth hormone. Well, if you're using BPC-157 at the same time, now all of a sudden you've got the receptors that are more willing and able to receive that growth hormone that will we know will help with the healing. It'll speed up the healing. So that's BPC-157. On the bioregulator side, we have 
let's say we'll call epitalon. And epitalon is probably of the bioregulators, the one that is the most well-known because it's the one that you will hear most, any doctor who's not even that into bioregulators, but who is into pep, the peptide space and in the longevity space in particular, will know and talk about epitalon. Epitalon mm-hmm. is a bioregulator. It's only four amino acids and it is specifically, now it is very targeted to the pineal gland in the brain. What's interesting about epitalon that I've only learned really by digging more through the research is that it also has receptors in the thymus gland, in the heart, in other tissues, which I didn't realize. Like I used to, my belief used to be, oh, epitalon, pineal gland, period, done. Turns out it has other other receptors. But here's what's interesting about epitalon is the pineal gland we know is where is a master circadian clock. It is a master regulator of the entire endocrine system. It also controls our melatonin production. What One of the things that Epitalon does is it normalizes melatonin production. So particularly for the bioregulators, they are modulatory. So let's say there's a thyroid bioregulator. You can give it to someone who's hypothyroid or hyperthyroid. What it seeks to do is restore proper function. And how it does that is simply by allowing that thyroid gland to regenerate over time. Now, I'm not going to tell you that you can, if you have an underactive thyroid, you can take the thyroid bioregulator and in two months, your thyroid's going to be healed. Mm -hmm. There are many more factors involved. And that's, you know, a topic I also want to address, but going back to epitalon, this, so sorry, it's not going to happen overnight or frankly, even in the short term, but it may be part of a protocol to help to move, to improve function of the gland. Yeah, that's that's a super super important, um, you know, caveat, caveat or, or whatever you want to call it. That really what we're talking about here, and we've really immediately went went into the <laughs> deep water with with uh, peptides. But really, I think if someone is new to this and listening to it, that's that's a very that's a very interesting part of information, but. It's important to understand that this is only a, no pun intended, a fragment of the silver bullet that is called, uh, you know, reclaiming our health or whatever, whatever we want to call it, taking charge of how we age, how we feel right now and how we're going to feel in the future. That's a part of it, how we use peptides, how we communicate with our body. And part of the reason is that when we, evolved the way the, the way that uh, I love that you say it you know before we were what we were, we are right now um for good or for body, bad <laughs> excuse me for better or for worse yes for better and for worse <laughs> yes um we our body is designed to compromise our body is designed to preserve a lot of the things that um happen to us when we encounter a challenge whether it would be physically or mentally we are meant to hunker down and preserve some of those processes are fantastic and we can utilize them but some of them do not fit our current state of living in the modern world we are not going to you know injure our knee and have to escape a tiger tomorrow if we are you should probably look at a different zip code. Um, yeah. <laughs> but 
But this is, this is something our body is designed to do. And we should and can adjust in order to have a more enjoyable, fruitful uh, being in this life. So it's a very good introduction to what peptides are. But I feel if someone is very interested in specific peptides and how we can use them to change our health, they should go on their own journey, in my mm -hmm. opinion. And a great source for that journey is uh, your Facebook group, for example. The problem is yeah. I feel like uh, when, when you um, interact with something like that Facebook group, you need to be disciplined and kind of make sure you follow things to, you know, to the beginner level and, and kind of march uh, from there. And that's only one aspect of health optimization, right? There, is, there are yeah. many aspects like that, that someone could get a little bit discouraged if they had to follow to the source and, and go from there. And uh, a big part of why I wanted you on here is uh, to get strategies from you a little bit. How do we start that journey? How, how do we continue our journey? Um, how do we immerse ourselves in, in that journey? So Maybe my first question, if someone has, is, is in your position where you were, you know, a few years, a few years ago, uh, starting that, that health opti optimizing journey, uh, how should someone start it and how does someone immerse themselves in it? Right. That's a good question. So actually, I want to say one more thing about Epitalon that I didn't say. Yeah, one go of, ahead. Of course. One of the most one of the most amazing things that Epitalon does seem to do is that it it activates an enzyme called telomerase. And what telomerase does is it elongates telomeres. And some of you may know what telomeres are. Telomere, some of you may not. So for those of you who don't, telomeres are like little shoe, the little shoelaces on the end of your DNA. You know, the DNA is a double-stranded helix. So there's two little shoelaces, imagine, coming from the DNA. Every time your DNA duplicates itself or replicates would be the proper word, but every time it replicates itself, we lose like a little, little chunk of that telomere. And as the telomeres, as we age, our telomeres get shorter. And as they get shorter, they, there's a, it's called the Hayflick, um, I think it's Hayflick the Hayflick limit. Limit the Hayflick limit says that a tel that a DNA can only limit can only replicate so many times before the telomeres are too short and it can no longer replicate. So now we're in a process where that incredible rejuvenation system from the inside of the body is no longer able to keep up with the day to day wear and tear on our bodies. It, very oversimplified, but that's yeah. that's kind of the way it works. What what epitalon seems to do is it activates an enzyme called telomerase, which allows us to elongate these telomeres. And this has been the, the, you know, this elongation of telomeres is one of the many holy grails because in human aging, I truly believe there is not one. And yeah. because if you, if you look out there, there are so many brilliant researchers and scientists like David Sinclair, like so many of these people who have honed in on a really powerful mechanism to help to slow aging, in some cases, maybe reverse aging. All of those pieces are true. There's, it's not like you're going to just pound NMN and resveratrol and turn the clock back on its own. There's going to have to be many other um, strategies. Like you and I both are very familiar with a compound called spermidine. 
Spermidine is an amazing compound that has many different pathways through which it helps to slow down or prevent aging. Epitalon is another one of those pieces. And I would say a very powerful piece because in addition to elongating the telomeres, if it helps to normalize melatonin, which can help to improve our sleep, the downstream effects of that are that we can make more growth hormone while we're sleeping. We can repair better while we're sleeping. It also has a lot of benefits for the thymus gland. That's the seat of our immunity. Our immune system needs to be young and powerful in order for us to age well. So I'm gonna stop there. I mean, again, obviously we could talk about epitalon for a long time. And, but going back to this question that you just asked me, where to begin, how to start this whole, you know, health optimization journey, a lot of it depends on the individual. Some people are by their very nature, and I'm continually amazed by these people that I meet who just grab hold of this. I don't know what they do with their families and their jobs. Maybe they abandon everybody. Maybe they go live on a mountain, but they just dive in wholeheartedly they make it their, their, their life's work for this moment in time, and they synthesize all this information, and they start to apply it to themselves. I get some of those people in the group. More often than not, for regular, normal human beings with families and lives and jobs and, and whatever capacity they have to synthesize information, it's incredibly it's incredibly confusing. And I very often I'll start working with a client and they will present me with the most mind bending Excel sheet of all the supplements they're taking. Because every time they listen to someone, every time they listen to a podcast or they, everything they come across or they read a newspaper article, they're like, oh my God, I need that. Oh, I need, because we are all very compelling people when we're talking about things that we believe in. But to the layperson, it all sounds important. And in some ways, yes. maybe it is. But I think what's really important for people to kind of get their arms around, and the reason why sometimes it's a good idea to find a coach or a doctor or someone who has been in the space for a while, you need to curate that information. You need to look at yourself. Where are you right now? What is your state of health? Where, what do your labs show? What are your genetics? What's your biological age, right? At what, what rate are you aging right now? Some people are aging faster than others for any number of reasons. And based on that information, we can then start to think, and what's your diet like? Are you moving? Do you exercise? Do you sleep? All of these little pieces of information ultimately is what's going to provide you with the starting point for your journey. Yes. And and that I think is the most important thing so that you can start to not ignore the rest of the noise, but understand what applies to me and what doesn't apply to me right now. Some of it may never apply to you. Some of it may apply to you down the road. Like I would say with the peptides, for example, sometimes they're needed at the beginning if there's like a real imbalance, like leaky gut or something going on in the gut, which to be honest, many of us have, right? Yeah. But generally, especially some of the other peptides and some there's other peptides like thymus and alpha one, for example, which helps to balance the immune system in certain in certain imbalances, not all of them. So sometimes these are product, these are compounds that it might be smart to bring on earlier in the game. But for the most part, a lot of the more, you know, I, I don't want to use the word advanced, but I'll use the word advanced, like a lot of the the later down the road stuff 
is will be more appropriate once you've established that foundation. Once you've gotten that diet dialed in, once you've gotten some of the life, these lifestyle practices dialed in, um, things like making sure that your sleep is you're getting enough sleep and that your sleep is good quality, making sure that your head is in the game, that your attitude is, you know, it, it was interesting. I was reading an article yesterday, a really good article written, one of the one of the first good balanced articles I've read about COVID in Canadian media yesterday. And he was talking about how we have this war um, language around health. And we've assumed this war language against COVID and it never serves us because COVID is nature. Mm -hmm. We are nature and we can't be at war with nature because guess what? We're going to (laughs) lose. So, so, Even this, this mentality of beating and conquering and conquering aging and this and that, I think we need to take a step back from that maybe and start to understand that we better make friends and we better embrace all of these things about ourselves, our weaknesses and our strengths, our foibles and, and, and the warts and all the things, get our heads around it, embrace them, understand how to work with them understand how sometimes to get rid of them because they're not serving us. And then from there, we can move forward. It seems, it seems to me like, you know, you've really tied it, tied it in nicely because some of uh, the people that, that you and I meet every day that we call our friends or people that see our uh, journey with, with longevity and, and, you know, see positive results and want to emulate them. A lot of the times they are just coming to you and telling you, just tell me what to do, you know, just Absolutely. give me, just give me a shopping <laughs> list of what to do. And unfortunately, there isn't, there isn't anyone specific that, that has enough, um, that cares enough to give them specific guidance. What happens a lot of times is that they choose to wage war against aging. And then obviously, like in a war, the more, the better, we're just going <laughs> to crush the enemy completely. And, you know, take, every peptide under the sun together with every uh, sleep enhancer under the sun and every hormonal, you know, enhancer under the sun, you're getting, you're not, first of all, you don't do it. You're not going to get uh, positive results or <laughs> longevity in that, for, for that matter. And also, um, obviously you are, you're not going to enjoy that experience and you're not going to develop a lifestyle around it. And you know, tying up what you what you did say about uh, how we should address acute scenarios such as COVID and this threat on on each one of ours, you know, immune system and how we address the the general threat on our system, which is aging, mm-hmm. uh, should be by adopting a lifestyle. I feel that unfortunately, not everyone can should or has time to have a coach full-time just babysitting them and their habits there should be some kind of um booster if you would some kind of some kind of uh head start to someone's journey some kind of basic toolkit that then they can expand on their own according to what interests them yeah. and that is a big part of what i got why i got you 
on air because we are having conversations pretty regularly about what we're, what we're talking about right now. No one gets to hear them, unfortunately. Maybe someone <laughs> eavesdropping in a cafe. Um, but what I'm very, very, very excited for, for other people is that they would get to have you for, their, their, for themselves for a while in a retreat that, that you're working on. And I don't know if I'm breaking here, <laughs> but but you you're working on a extremely in interesting and exciting retreat. Could you tell us a little bit about what it's about, and also uh, your journey there? How how how's it going? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm thank you for that. I'm I'm super excited about the retreat, and the retreat does offer. It's a particular, it's a, it would be a particular experience. So imagine that, you know, you get to spend five days and no work, no family, no kids, no distractions. Your only focus really is yourself, your health, and what all this means to you. So how I got to this is I met a, a mutual friend of ours, Dasha Maximov, a couple of years ago now. Um, on a on a you know on a funny little online conference that we were both involved in and um she and i became you know we became first colleagues mutually interested in so many things and now we're friends and um dasha moved to the dominican republic last february and when i was there in november actually it was before november last summer she said to me you know what nat i want to this is such a beautiful place. She's in a beautiful part of uh, the Dominican that many people don't know called Cabarete, which is on the North shore. So it's far away from Punta Cana, which is what most people associate with the Dominican Republic, which is mostly a lot of, um, well, it's where my son's going for his graduation trip, put it that way. It's a, it's a lot of big um, all-inclusive resorts. It's, it's a different vibe. Cabarete is a tiny little town on the North shore, stunningly beautiful. That's where she lives. And she started talking to me last summer about what an incredible place it is where so many people in the health space have moved to. They're just gravitating wow. there. And she found that community to be so um, inspiring that she started to noodle around the idea of creating a scenario where she would co-host retreats with various people in that, in that space. And so we through much conversation over the fall, decided to create a retreat for women called the Longevity and Resilience Retreat. So this is really a retreat that focuses on bringing 11 women together and spending five days with them talking about all of these things we're talking about, the taking them from the foundation, like the nutrition, the supplementation, the sleep, the stress, the mindset, the movement, the exercise, all of those things. And then on the, you know, on the final day, bringing in the biohacking, bringing in the peptides and over the course of the five days, giving them the opportunity to try different biohacking um, strategies and tools. So we will have, for example, red light devices there. We will have exceptionally spectacular beauty products there, things by Young Goose, a brand that, <laughs> <laughs> but things for them to experience. Because again, even things like molecular hydrogen or methylene blue, like all of these things that people hear about and read about, and they're like, oh my God, this sounds so amazing. 
And yet they have to run out and spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to try everything. Now, I would say in the case of the Young Goose products, you don't have to try them, just buy them. I mean, I have never, never used products like this ever before in my life. And literally, I've never had people comment on my skin the way they are now. Having said that, for things like a red light device or a pad that cools down your mattress while you're sleeping, these are investments. And so before making that investment, wouldn't it be a great thing to be able to try it yourself, to be able to understand deeply what does it mean, what's it going to bring me, and looking at your own metrics. So before people come to the retreat, we're running their genetic test. We're running their biological age. While they're at the retreat, we're doing live blood cell analysis so that we are now giving them a snapshot in time of this is your biological age. So your rate of aging. So you might be 40 years old, but your cells might tell us that you're 45 or they might tell us you're 30. It could go either way. It depends on a thousand different factors. But depending on that piece of information, depending on what your genetic predispositions are, which can help to shape your diet. It can help to you to understand what supplements do I need to be mindful of that I might have a more of a predisposition or how efficient is my body at clearing different toxins or medications or hormones or um, environmental things. So understanding your kind of blueprint now we get into epigenetics, understanding what are the different levers that you need to push to optimize your, your future and laying that groundwork over five days while you're connecting with a community that is like-minded, you're riding horses, you're going to see waterfalls, you're doing a lot of amazing things, getting outside, watching the sunrise, watching the sunset experiencing what does it feel like when I allow my circadian rhythm to kind of fall into pace with nature. And after Thank that, you. yeah. So, and then after that five days, we will offer the opportunity if the group wants it to do some group coaching with us over the following months, like the next month, for sure, we're having a call so that we, cause you know, here's what happens. You go away, you spend five days doing this stuff and then you go home and then your life comes back at you like a tsunami. And you wake up two weeks later and you're like, holy shit, I haven't done a single thing that I was supposed to do from before. So the idea is to help to support people with that reintegration into their life. Because you know what? It's easy to change stuff when you're out of your environment. Correct. The challenge is to figure out a way and a strategy to keep it going for the long term so that these become woven through the thread of your life and it's just what you do it's no longer what you need to do yeah it's 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 first of all you're you're on the money there really when we're going through an immersive experience like that the idea is in my eyes just my opinion the idea is really to give you a head start because what's going to happen when you're going to go back to your normal day-to-day -day life if if we can imagine you've become now this beautiful triangle the people when you come back home, the people around you are still squares or circles. And they're going to, you know, they're going to basically apply pressure on you, the environment, not necessarily people, but the environment's going to apply pressure on you, forming you back into the circle. The exciting and beautiful thing that's going to happen if you're going to preserve yourself as this beautiful um, 
what did we say earlier? Triangle. 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 <laughs> so the, what's going to happen when you're going to preserve yourself as this beautiful triangle, you're going to affect your environment and the people around you. And you are going to enroll them into taking charge of their own shape for that matter. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> so you really need a support system aside from other systems that you that that you need to develop a system that looks at how you eat how you sleep quantifies it really a set of guidelines that are specific for for you that are measurable what you really need is someone that supports you and gets you through that process because once you've gotten up past a certain line a tipping point if you would you're going to start to conform the environment to you. And that is very exciting. That's something you see. That's kind of how you started, you know, um, putting out your information because you realized that a lot of people are thirsty for that information and you need, they need some kind of guidance. So uh, it's, it's, it's super true, uh, the fact that we do need an immersive experience, but we also need that immersive experience to echo throughout yeah. our life. Um, yeah. And also, you know, most of the more advanced biohacky things, they really are asking your body to do something. We're, we're just communicating with your body and saying, if it's light therapy, if it's, um, you know, even looking at the sun in the morning, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and most of the more advanced, you know, modalities that, that we're going to uh, use they really are asking the body, please do this. The problem is if we didn't prime our body correctly, the yeah. body is not going to respond in its optimal way. If we're asking the body, hey, look, look at this blue light in the morning. I'm asking you to start the process of creating hormones that are going to uh, support me during the day and even all the way down to sleep. And we have exhausted a you know hormonal system and now it can't create anything nothing is going to help we really need to take care of the baseline first so i love the way that that, that you're thinking about it so from your uh perspective how does it how does a beginning look like you did you did you know stress uh sleep etc but but if we take this model of your five-day immersive experience i think it's a wonderful opportunity for us to really wrap our heads around what does it mean to be a newbie what does it mean to be a beginner what what you should be you know really 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 paying attention to and how do you take it from there what are the steps so really what does it mean to me and will be how what are the first steps that someone should take when they reclaim their their health in your opinion how do you look at it Oh, that's, I mean, you know, I think it's, 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 it starts with awareness. It almost starts with what I, what I like people to do is to take a piece of paper and write down things like on a scale of one to 10, what's my energy like? Mm -hmm. What's my sleep like? What do I, how do I, what do I feel my diet is like? Like, how do yeah. I feel even what are my, what, how does my digestion feel? Do I feel bloated? Do I have pain? What are my aches and pains? And write it all down and start to really get an idea of your pain points. And if sleep is a problem, that would be one of the first places I would go because mm -hmm. 
with sleep, if you're not sleeping, it's going to affect your appetite. It's going to affect your craving for certain foods. It's going to affect your body's ability to heal. It's going to affect your ability, even on a cognitive basis, to form and, and stick to new habits. If you're walking around exhausted all the time, you, it, it's just, it's too much work, right? Yeah. Your body's in, to your point, your body's in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And all it can think about is survival. This, yeah. whether I'm eating this food or that food is really not that important. All your brain knows is it needs energy to keep the lights on. And it's going to push you to the fastest form of energy it knows, which is simple carbs and sugar. It's not because you're a bad person. It's because your brain's trying to survive. So, you know, and, and, and getting rid of, and the other thing is getting rid of the judgment, right? So, so many times we talk to people and they feel they feel guilty. They feel bad. They're angry with themselves for not doing what they think they know they should be doing. It's you, you live with, you You know, be gentle with yourself, acknowledge that you have work to do. There are a lot of amazing, very basic programs out there online. Some of them are even free. So things like the whole 30, for example, Uh not ultra sophisticated, it really, its goal is to get people to let go of a lot of the processed foods in their world, let go of the artificial sugars, the simple carbs, that kind of stuff, and simply adopt a whole food diet. If you can do that for 30 days and then see what falls into place, it actually might help your sleep, right? There are yeah. some really nice resources around sleep as well. I think you know, the interesting, the, the beautiful thing and the difficult thing about the world we live in is that everything is out there. Yeah. There are a million programs. I mean, I'm in the process of creating an introduction to peptides uh, course that I'm hoping will not so that people can take the course and say, okay, now I know what to do. I'm going to go shopping for peptides, but more so that it can help to orient them around peptides. So they understand what are the questions I need to ask? What are the things I need to think about? So you want to look for these types of really basic stuff. Don't try to jump into the most advanced things right away. Clean up your diet, which is so cliche, but really it's true. Just start eating real food that looks like what it started out in this world looking like, (laughs) you know, an apple should look like an apple, a carrot should look like a carrot. And then get that sleep in order, drink good quality water. I mean, you know, in, in the countries that we live in, in our developed countries, we are so freaking lucky. We can turn on the tap and get potable water. Mm -hmm. The truth is we can take that to the next level because that water, as much as it is water that people in third world countries only dream about, it is still has a lot of contaminants in it that are not great for our health. So invest in a good water filter. You don't have to go all out initially and install the reverse osmosis system under your sink and the remineralizer and this and that. You can just get like, there's these great pictures at, um, you can even Britta? get, no, not Brita. There's actually a better one than Brita that is the same level. I think it's called, oh, I think it's called, it's got the word zero in it. Um, and it's a really good water filter. You know what? I'll look it up and we'll put it in the show notes okay. if you want. Um, yeah. I think it costs like 30 bucks. You can just run your tap water through this thing. You don't have to, you know, if you're worried about the environment and buying bottled water and all that stuff, you can just treat your tap water through this filter. 
it'll pull out a lot of the contaminants that aren't great for you. And all of a sudden now you have better tasting and water that can hydrate you. So hydration, clean up your diet, get yourself sleeping. And then the final thing is move your body. And again, doesn't mean that from not exercising for the last 40 years, you now have to jump into a CrossFit class because I can promise you, you will break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but going out and again, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm reiterating these cliches, but getting out of your chair for five minutes every hour, walking around the block instead of not walking around the block, taking a walk after a meal for 15 minutes. We know that that can lower your body, your body's postprandial blood sugar. That means you're in English. That means after your meal, instead of having a big spike of, of sugar and a drop, it'll lower that spike. It'll allow your body to metabolize the food in a better way. If bloating is a big issue for you, you might need digestive enzymes. There's some really good ones out there. One of the best ones I really like is Bioptimizers has yeah, a formula. Yeah. Masszymes, you know, you don't even need an instruction manual, just pop a few with every meal. You'll, you'll digest your food better. Um, so anyway, so those are some really basic ideas. I hope are kind of helpful for people. I think start at the beginning. This is a very long, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. So give yourself grace, give yourself the time to educate yourself a bit, Start with the basics and then see where you go from there. You know what? You know what? It, it almost seems to me uh, that we're saying, in other words, is first of all, we, we, we have to go back to basics also as, you know, what it means to be a human being. What is mm-hmm. correct for us as a human being? How, how are we built to function? With what are we built to function? Obviously, the easiest scapegoat is food. Uh, saying, you know, when we were foraging and hunting, nothing survived more than a day or two. Uh, and, and that is how we should look at food. If a food is built to survive over a certain period of time, that should be the first like warning sign. And then mm-hmm. we can go from there. But basically just getting the basic understanding of what does it mean to be a human? What are we built to do? And then, you know, biohacking really past that point is figuring out why we're built like we're built or you know going to the to the to the microscopic level of saying okay we're built to you know have 30 minutes of sun a day to synthesize vitamin d we're built to you know regenerate better when we're exposed to red light we're built you know, to be using, to be reacting to that peptide, like this and like that. But we're looking at the real mechanism. And then we're saying, okay, we realize how this works. How can we push it even further? But first Mm -hmm. we have to be corresponding or we have to be communicating with what it means to be a human. And that's why I love that, you know, in your retreat, first of all, before you're doing anything, you're getting some kind of status on the person saying, okay, let's see where you're at. Let's see, uh, you know, how much of what it means to be a human being you're really doing and where did it get you so far? And then the first thing we really need to learn is to how to kind of use our body correctly. And, you know, going back to what you said about movement, we're really a machine that relies on movement. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
again, a good scapegoat would be our lymphatic system that really relies on, it doesn't have a heart. So the, the uh, toxin removal system in our body doesn't have a pump that pumps it every you know, few seconds. It relies on the contraction of our muscles to move things around. So it's no wonder that we're seeing in people that are not moving a lot, whether it would be because of, you know, God forbid, uh, a malady, or whether it would be because they choose not to, it's no wonder we see complications in the lymphatic system. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just one example of hundreds and hundreds of examples we can give on how are we betraying our bodies when we're not doing fundamental things. And if this accumulates, that means, you know, bad news. We're not built as human beings and understanding the accumulation of, you know, good or bad nano decisions. Mm -hmm. Should I eat this burger or whatever? And this is why I feel like an immersion is very, very, very useful because you're taking the stress off millions of nano decisions. You're giving a blueprint, which is something that we're kind of going against right in our conversation. We were saying, you know, relax with the blueprints for a second. You should take it slowly. It's not a sprint. But, you know, to contradict ourselves, especially in the beginning, when the, the knowledge is overwhelming, you do need an outside aggregator. You do need a guide. You, know, you do need someone to give you a basic blueprint, which then can empower you to delve into things maybe that you're interested in specifically. If for me, it's physical performance uh, and skin aging. For someone else, it can be their, you know, their brain and et cetera. Yeah, I think, I mean, I th that's all great points. And I think what the retreat does for those who are able to, you know, who have the luxury of being able to do something like that is that it's an accelerant. Yeah. Right. So I could create a 12 or 16 week course that will eventually give all the drip this information to people. And for some people that might be the right answer, mm -hmm. but for someone who's ready and willing to deep dive into it and really kind of they're in a rush, they want to get this information all at once. Plus they want to experience certain things. That's where these retreats come in. And the other piece, I think we didn't mention, and I think that's very important. And, but you did mention it actually for after you come home is community. Yeah. As humans, we need community. We need connection. We need people who, who feel and think and, and operate kind of in the same paradigm as we do. And the beauty of a retreat is you automatically create a community where you now have, you know, 11, 10, however many people who are all here for the same purpose and who are all here with that same mindset. And so it's a gift to now have a new community of people that really want to, they have the same goals as you, they have the same mindset, they've gone through the same thing and keeping that going over subsequent months in monthly calls or in an online community somehow so that we continue to support each other and exchange information and connect on a certain level. Because to your point, you come home and you fall back in and you will fall back in with your pals who drink a bottle of wine every night or whatever it is, because we got to live, or this is how we wind down, or, you know, that's the only way I can get to sleep. Like these stories, they tell themselves, first of all, understanding what really happens to your body when you drink a bottle of wine yeah, and how it's not serving you. 
And then having other people in your world who don't feel that way will yeah. give you at least the opportunity, if not to give up the wine, at least find give you the opportunity to find a new relationship with it and a new balance and to understand, no, the wine isn't the reason I'm sleeping. As a matter of fact, it's the reason I'm not sleeping properly or I'm not rejuvenating while I'm sleeping. And do I deserve the wine or do I deserve something that's going to support me and my health goals? That's a decision we each have to make. I'm not being judgmental. I don't happen to like wine that much. So for me, it's very easy to step away from the wine bottle. But so, and I recognize that. I recognize that there are people who like have this ridiculous relationship with wine. All, I'm, all I would invite people to consider is look at your goals, look at what you're doing and under, start to look and see if those things match up and getting away and moving yourself into a different space with different people for an extended period of time really gives you the opportunity to explore these things in a different way. Yes, and you know if we if we get off the the, the uh, utopian uh, side of things and we're looking at worst case scenarios, when you do, um, you know, when you do, you know, trip and um, kind of get off the, the the path, you have a community which I don't want to stress people out and kind of scare people and say keeps you accountable, but give you the motivation, yeah. the, the, the wind, whatever you want to call it to, you know, get back on the path. And we're all on a path, right? Even if you're just thinking of, of, of improving your health, uh, you're already on the path. You're just, you just really need, maybe tools are not the issue. You really need the emotional aspect, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, an example from someone else who is in you know similar shoes to yours and and is doing it some some motivation we're very complex you know we're very complex the good news are the more you do it whatever it is yeah the, the better and the easier it gets whether it is drinking that you know full bottle of wine just think of you know 17 year old you <laughs> drinking drinking one glass and you know getting woozy and then you know 50 year old person the same person is going to chug a bottle of wine and and still still be concentrated on the tv show that they're watching you know so like uh, <laughs> good luck yeah yeah good luck so, with that so so it's important to understand that whatever we're going to do we're going to become better at it more proficient and it's going to be easier for us whether we're doing the right or the wrong thing um so we should be mindful of that uh you know speaking of mindful mindfulness where do you see it uh coming you know what role does it play in your retreat Mm -hmm. and what role do you think it plays in our in our goal i'm not going to say in our biohacking community but as a goal of longevity um in general and in your retreats? It's huge. So mindfulness, meditation, that we have a whole day on stress resilience. And and without stress resilience, there is no longevity. Yeah. Right? Um, I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Bill Lawrence, a researcher last spring, um, and it was all about the bioregulators. And he's running a clinical trial with over 100 people now, where they're using the bioregulators to see if they can affect their biological age. I actually joined that trial last summer. And um, 
And he showed me data uh, for over the last three years and showed that the overwhelming majority of people in that trial had reversed their biological age anywhere from five to 10, sometimes more years. But there were a few outliers in there. There were a few people whose biological age really hadn't changed. Not very many, maybe three, four. And so I asked him, I said, so what is it with those people? And he said, well, I know every one of these people personally. And I can tell you that those people are living with abnormal levels of stress. And that stress is enough. And we know that the stress as as an epigenetic factor is probably as powerful as any toxin or anything bad you can do to your body. Stress can really have that negative effect on our aging, on our health, on our physiology. So I'm not saying this to stress people out, because the good news is there is something you can do about it. You're not going to stop the world from being a stressful place, especially not these days, but you can change the way that you respond to that stress. You can have a very big impact on whether or not your body will take in the stress and take it on as its own so that your body believes it's being chased by a lion all day, every day, or through mindfulness, through breath work, There's many different tools here, right? So we talk about mindfulness, which is really that state of non-judgmental awareness, if you will, but through mindfulness, through breath work, through meditation, through any one of these modalities, you can start to build that toolkit internally for yourself that allows you to weather the storm in a very different way. And you will find yourself becoming calmer and more resilient. And you will live longer, you will sleep better, you will make better decisions. So in the retreat, we have a whole day that's devoted to this. And every single day, we will be doing breathwork exercises. We will invite people to explore different styles of meditation, perhaps, or looking at um, different stress management techniques. There's a really neat little tool. And it costs, I think, maybe 120 bucks. It's called the HeartMath Heart Rate Variability tool. And it's a little wire. It's got a little clip that clips to your ear. It plugs into your phone. It works with an app. And what it does is it takes you through a breathing exercise for two minutes. You decide how long. And through that breath, what the app does is it shows you how coherent, it it gives you an idea of coherence. And it's what it's doing is it's kind of measuring your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So what we strive for is not to crush the sympathetic, which is the fight, flight, and freeze system and enhance the rest and digest because you can't live and rest and digest all the time. You'll, you'll die, yeah. <laughs> frankly, and the tiger will get you. Um, you need, but mo- many of us, especially these days, are living in a very heightened sympathetic state. So we're stressed, we're running, we're, you know, we kind of can't take a breath most of the time because we're always like, we've got so much weight on our shoulders. What we strive for is balance, equilibrium between those two, so that your it's like your immune system. If it's balanced and primed, it's ready to respond appropriately when it meets the tiger, the pathogen, whatever the case may be. So the immune system, the nervous system, it's the same thing and they influence each other. So with heart math, what it's helping you to do is come into what it calls coherence, where you're balancing the sympathetic and parasympathetic system what it's doing is giving you visual feedback 
to show you how well you're doing. And it's coaching you through a breathwork exercise and as well, what you want to be thinking about. So I found when I started doing heart math, um, I had a really hard time getting into coherence. (laughs) And one of the things that I found got me into coherence, and this is going to sound weird, but when my son was born, he was, he was a preemie. He was like a pound 14. And Mm -hmm. I would sit with him in the hospital and have him, I would do the skin to skin therapy where literally they take the baby and you put him on your skin, on your chest. And what that does is your, your heart beats in train. And for the baby, it's like almost being back in the womb because he feels your energy. He, you know, he hears the heartbeat. And I would think back to those moments when I would be sitting with him in the hospital and we would be breathing together. And that would almost automatically bring me right back into coherence. So, you know, so teaching yourself these skills of bringing yourself back. And it's funny because I don't know that I would think of that as my happy place. And yet Uh somehow, (laughs) you know, for some people that would send them right back into stress, right? For me, it, it, it was an image that I kept that was very calming, but whatever it is that calms you, taking yourself back to that place, practicing the breath work, bringing yourself back, yourself back into coherence, because then it has a lasting effect through your day. The more you do it, it's like a muscle that you exercise. Yes. So these are the types of strategies, tricks, and things that we want to bring into the retreat so that people can experience them. Because sometimes it's just hard to take that first step and take 10 minutes out of your day because your day is so busy and you're so stressed and you have so much to do. Well, if you're away from that and now you're in an environment where that's all you need to do, you now have permission to explore these things and find that thing that you're like, oh, I really like that. I'm going to make, I can make time for that. And I think, yes, a hundred percent. And I think we're really trying to, um, to, you know, getting into a more subjective experience. We're really trying to, um, describe the intangible because there is a process that 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 happens some kind of a some some kind of a dance that happens with the source of information in your life where in the beginning whatever that's that that new uh, knowledge we're trying to discover it's confusing Mm -hmm. your brain really is looking for uh you know reference points and and leverage points to processing information, speed and coherence, right? We're, we're really trying to decipher everything. Yeah. And when we're more, first of all, calm mentally, but when we're more immersed, we're more uh, feeling, uh, when we've really claimed that space, and I'm not trying to be empirical, but when we're really, um, are it's 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 in our wheelhouse what's in our wheelhouse is also what you know what uh level of 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 importance i give a certain piece of piece of information what's more important to me what who is the person i'm getting the information from okay that person i know is very adventurous i need to then fact check this person is the fact checker so i kind of am listening more to what they're saying, but understanding that they are less adventurous than me, for example. So mm-hmm. you're, you are, I could not recommend enough and, and people who listen to, to me often know that I s- support the idea of referencing to professionals. I, 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 I am really 
it's really important for me that people don't go on journeys on their own, especially in the beginning, uh, that they have a, a, a someone, a guru, if you would, within a certain within certain parameters. So I believe, you know, a, a, a retreat, which I have done before for things like uh, meditation or um, other types of knowledge is very, very, very important as that, you know, rocket launcher that you mm -hmm. have in the back and then and then you can go from there. Um, another thing that that I've really that I really liked uh, from what you said was our relationship with stress because most of the time when you know I, I'm speaking to a friend to a colleague anyone who's who's tried to take upon themselves that health optimization journey a lot of the times I end up explaining that the modality I'm talking I'm speaking of is a stress inducing modality and yes. every time I I I you know, I refer to stress as something positive or something that can advance us. You see confusion in someone's eyes. They were with you until that point. Oh, really? You know, I don't know. Fasting, that's great. Oh, it's going to make me slimmer. I understand the calorie deficit issue. I understand, you know, ingesting, you know, processing food in less hours, some heuristics that we put there. And then you're telling them, yeah, and the big part of it, the, the, the important part of it is the positive stress. It, 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 you know, uh, uh, the effect of positive stress on our body and they get confused. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel in order to prime our body, in order to receive or extract the good benefits we get from positive stressors or from stress in general, we have to manage the internal stress levels we have. We have to manage how optimized our health is in order to extract good benefits out of stress, because everything that is advancing us in this in in our existence, we can really really trace down to either stress or a response to stress, where, which we're training the body to think that it has stress. So, a response to stress is is almost everything, right? Uh, I like to I like to explain and think of our body as this factory right every cell is a factory it needs to it needs to have an end product that produces and it needs equality and product really the stress is almost like the invoice that the the order for from the factory <laughs> then the factory needs to do a good job and not you know break apart if, if we get a if young goose right now you know got an order from uh, costco world okay. you know statewide <laughs> for uh 500,000 care bottles you know we would have to make some changes in our company in order to fulfill that we are not built for that kind of stress and if we realize that we're going to have that kind of stress we need to change things so each and every one of us in this world is subjected to the Costco of stress right whatever that is and we should be fortifying our body and adjusting or you know relating to our body in that way. Uh, I am priming my body to take care of stress optimally. Yeah. And I, you know, I think you bring up a great point and that's where resilience comes in. Yes. Right. So resilience is, and you're talking also about a hormetic stressor versus something that is much more stressful. So a hormetic stressor, for those of you who haven't heard that word before, it's, it speaks to the principle of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So fasting, deliberate cold exposure, 
um, even sauna. These are deliberate stressors that we apply at certain times in certain doses to allow, which creates a stress to the body, but it's not so much that it overwhelms the body. It's just enough that it pushes the body to a point of adaptation so that you come out of it a little bit stronger. It's like lifting weights. You're yes. applying a stress to the muscle. You're damaging the muscle with micro tears. But when that muscle repairs, it will then be stronger. So that's your hormetic stress. The Costco example is actually brilliant because it's overwhelming. And the only way for a young goose, if that was even a goal, to deal with that would be to have the resilient, to build resilience into the company, which means to build the capacity in your supply chain that could respond to that kind of stress. So taking us back to ourselves, understanding that we will be exposed to immune stressors, we will be exposed to psychological stressors, we will be exposed to environmental toxin stressors. What we're really trying to do here is, you know, you've probably, many of you have probably heard the analogy that we are all born with a bucket. And in that bucket are genetics, there are birth conditions, there are um, whatever sensitivities we have, um, whatever the case may be, our health conditions. It is only when that bucket gets full and overflows that we start to see the signs, we visibly see signs of disease. What that brings up is two things. Number one is the understanding that disease builds over years and decades. So just because you're getting away with something doesn't mean it's not affecting you. So that's number one, because the body is incredibly resourceful, incredibly resourceful. What we're trying to do is build resilience into the system. First of all, we're trying to reduce the speed at which this bucket fills. And there's a lot of things we have control of. So that's mm -hmm. why we, we try to build in those practices of the things we can control ourselves easily. That's eating the better food, getting the sleep, the whole nine yards. But then the things we can't control, what we want is enough space in that bucket, empty space. We want the resilience that our body is able to respond to a stressor like a really nasty germ or a virus or a frankly, even a burger and fries dinner. A burger yeah. and fries dinner is not going to kill you. Like this idea of foods being bad, evil, toxic is ridiculous. What you need is to have a system that is so balanced and healthy and, and adapted that it is resilient enough that you can have that burger once. I mean, and when I mean once in a while, I mean once in a while, I'm not talking about once a week here, but you can have your burger and fries every once in a while. It's not going to be the best thing for you, but your body can deal. It can rock and roll with it because you've built in enough of that resilience internally that you can, that it'll, it'll just be an event and you'll get past yeah. it. Yeah. Um, perfect, perfect analogy. And I, uh, you know, I think that is the underlying cause, if you would, for us having this podcast, right? And I did, did mention it a few times before in other podcasts, but it's important for us to emphasize, especially that now young goose, and, and if, if someone's joining us for the first time, they might not know because we don't even mention it that much. So this podcast is by, by us, a company that creates skincare products that, you know, that have peptides, that have those bioregulators in order to biohack or to, to radically extend the longevity, the vibrancy, the uh, basically optimize our skin. 
-hmm. And, you know, a person that listened to the conversation that we just had would intuitively understand why this podcast does not speak, speak of skincare whatsoever. All we're saying here is, yeah, we have amazing skincare for you. It's going to change the way your skin functions. But if all your other ducks are not in a row, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. If I give you a, the best surf surfboard in the world, <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> you you don't will not be able surf. to surf. I can vouch for that. <laughs> you know, if I uh, throw you right now to the uh, tsunami waves that are hitting, hitting New Zealand, mm. I don't know how well you're going to do, right? It's not, it's not about one area. It's about resiliency. It's about cultivating and taking care of our body in the best way. And again, going back to how do we do all of that? That's a huge endeavor, but that's the endeavor of our life quite literally. Yeah. Um, you know, so how do we do it? We do it by immersing ourselves every day. We're, we're managing the diet, not only our, you know, nutrition as far as food, but the nutrition as far as what we're exposed to. What mm-hmm. is the information we're getting, our, our information diet, etc. And going through immersive experiences, which I believe you should have once in a while. I think you should be scheduling it um, in order to get our, give ourselves that extra space in the bucket, extra fuel, whatever we want to call it, right? It's, it's, it's important that, you know, the great analogy of the, uh, the two um, uh, people cutting wood in the forest you know, one just cuts wood, you know, just all the time, just hacks, hacks the tree. And the other one stops once in a while to sharpen their, their axe. (laughs) And the uh, guy that sharpens the axe, even though he has made less movement, has gotten way further, right? And that's important. We have to sharpen our axe. We have to uh, optimize ourselves. So Natalie, kind of, you know, wrapping it all, and in trying to understand uh, how a person that's listening to it, what's the uh, their next step once they get out of their car or wherever they're listening to it. Um, so I, I would like you to give me the layman and advi- the advice as to what should I do now as far as exposing myself to good information. And in case someone has understood the importance of, of your retreat, what are the next steps in order in order to to enjoy that retreat? Because it is it is extremely limited, right? You're yeah. only planning on eleven uh, women, which to me seems like a almost like one on one. It's it's close because there's two of us, and yeah. it's uh, and we kept it small for good reason. I mean, we want this to be personal. We want we don't. This is not about a big giant event. This is about a very personalized event. So. The to answer your first question, where to point people on where to start, um, I think in part it may depend on where you are in your journey, but definitely I think that you know if you're if you're a total newbie at this and you've got a coffee and a donut beside you, no judgment, only love to you, and but you want to change things, then look for something like a whole 30 program or there's a there's a there's a guy that I interviewed last year who had such an impact on me that he got me to take yet another course, <laughs> which, was, which is the coach training course for Joel Green for the 
that goes with his book, The Immunity Code. And I would say that this man's approach to health and longevity, which is really by focusing on the immune system through the gut microbiome and uh-huh. also fat loss through the immune system and the gut microbiome is one of the smartest approaches I've seen. It is whole food, but it, and it is varied. I am eating a more varied diet now than I have in 10 years, thanks to him. So uh-huh. I would say, look up Joel, Joel Green, the immunity code, like fantastic work. Um, and I'll be probably running one of his uh, challenges in the next couple of weeks. So keep your eye on my Instagram um, or my newsletter. If you're, if you're signed up to the newsletter, which I'll tell you how to do in a minute, cause we'll be announcing that there. So that's where I would start, right? I would okay, start, yes. um, find if, if sleep is your nemesis, there's people like Molly McLaughlin out there. That's all she does is sleep optimization. These are people that you can follow that can just even on their Instagram or the materials they put out or through their websites, there's some really nice, um, they give great information. If you want to, if you're a bit more of a nerd <laughs> and you've got a bit more of the propeller there going on, there's a book by a man by the name of Sashin Panda on the circadian uh-huh. clock that is fantastic. It's a much, it's a deeper read, but he actually writes it really well. There's a lot of stories in there. So if you, if you want to go a bit deeper in there, then definitely that would be a, a great book as well. Um, and then there's, there's another book, I think the Sleep Smarter, Sleep Smarter, maybe, I can't remember the name of the author, another brilliant book and very easy, very accessible book. Um, Beyond that, if you want to connect with me or if you want to learn about the retreat, then you can go to my website, which is natnidham.com. And I guess you'll put that also in the show notes. And there's at, at the top of the page, there's a tab that says retreats. Just hit that tab and that'll take you to an information page on the retreat. And of course, you can always reach out to me. There's a way to reach out to me through the website if you have particular questions Um, and sign up. You can sign up for the newsletter as well, which will keep you apprised of any courses that I'm going to be releasing over the next couple of months. And that's on the website, which is natnidham.com. Beyond that, if you want to find that Facebook group, it's Optimizing Superhuman Performance on Facebook. And then there's the podcast. You want to look up Amitai's episode, which I released in December, I think, which people loved. Um, and that's the biohacking superhuman performance podcast on all the different podcasts. Different later, but I just wanted to uh, make, you know, you know, tell that we, the minute we heard about the, the retreat, this is something we wanted to stand behind. We wanted to be a mm-hmm. company as, as young goose. So it's very important for me to kind of lend our, our support and, and, and to make people understand that as, as, as a company, we want to encourage our users to go through a, a program like that, because that is the best way to take care of the skin and prime the skin in order to get the best results out of our products. Absolutely. Um, so, so Nat, I really want to thank you for uh, going on my podcast, on our podcast. I would want us to do it f- after uh, the retreat to hear how it was and, and kind of see how the people that, that have undergone the retreat, w- you know, what is your plan for them for the future? 
and maybe you know for people who didn't get the opportunity to register on time how they will be able to um get on the next one thank you thank you well thank you for for taking the time for this today i really appreciate it and thank you for joining us on the retreat like as a company because we're so excited to be able to bring this you know this as you say you once you're doing that foundation work to then i mean look i would argue that your skincare would help anybody no matter what but it will, mm -hmm. will give you even more amazing results if you're doing all that other work as well and um i did want to say that we have a deadline of feb 15th for people to sign up for this retreat because we need the time to get you the test kits that you need mm -hmm. before we start. The retreat is March 25th to March 30th. And we do have a follow-up retreat in the works, but I'm not gonna tell you when it is yet. We wanna get this one filled up and on the road, and then we'll talk about the next one, okay? <laughs> Sounds great. So Natalie, thank you again very much for, for coming on and I hope we will talk soon. Thank you so much. I'm sure we will. Yeah, all right, take care.